in this episode. It's custard! My God, it's custard! It's wobbling everywhere! Oh, the humanity! Watch out for the head! No! The Amy Bond cutout is coming to life! By the dog! What do I do? Pick up this table by the ears? All this and more, not appearing in tonight's episode. Come in, come in, and welcome, Jim. Welcome to the Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Jerry. <laughs> I'm Crumbly. <laughs> I don't know who I am. Uh, I'm Adam. If she doesn't know who she is, am I who I think I am? Probably not. Okay. And I. I'm still an idiot. <laughs> I'm still me. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. No, <laughs> Enough. Uh. <laughs> I find that's extremely gross. I made Adam cry. I made Adam cry. Uh, like, no, you won't really have to listen to this. We've got to see him and look at it. Yeah, look at it as well. That's <laughs> disgusting. I still made Adam what cry. What podcast are we on, by the way? Does anyone Ooh, know? 74, I think. 74. 75. I remember once. Oh, was it twice? <laughs> You'd think we'd be sensible by now. No, no chance of that. News! Without further ado, bursting out the metaphorical frog spawn at the top of the pond, it's time to metamorphose into the news with El Presidente. What's shooting out of Amy Pond? <laughs> a frog, apparently. Oh, yes. I didn't know Rory was French. <laughs> the BBC oh. has defended its decision to fly Matt Smith to Venice for an episode of Doctor Who Confidential. Fly yes, they have to fly him back again. <laughs> the story The Confidential is based on was filmed in Croatia, ah. but Smith was flown to Venice to make Doctor Who Confidential. Ooh. The programme makers were later accused by an unnamed source, in other words, the person from the Daily Mail given the job of writing the story. Not the Daily Mail. That's one of wasting money. But a BBC spokesman has now issued a robust defence of the programme. Matt Smith made a short visit to Venice for Doctor Who Confidential to bring viewers a history of the city and to tell the story and inspiration behind the Doctor Who episode it follows. The representative said... Unlike a drama, an historical film about Venice can't be recreated in Croatia. <laughs> it wasn't a historical film about Venice. It was about the making of Doctor Who. No, they went all round the places and yes. stuff. And yeah. I, saw, I saw a little bit where they went to the Plague mm. Island and that, that was kind pretty of cool. Apocryphy. Apocryphy. They went to an apocryphy. Is that apocryphy? Could be. Yeah. Then what would it cost to send Matt Smith out there? A couple of thousand pounds? <laughs> if that, they went if on EasyJ. It cost him yeah. 85 quid right there yeah. and back. Yeah. Had to take his own sandwiches. Goodness me. <laughs> People bashing Doctor all the time. I know. Our next story is Cornell's Pulse, or <laughs> Cornell's Pulse. Pulse is a new hospital horror fantasy TV show from the pen of Paul Cornell, <laughs> writer of Doctor Who's Father's Day, Human Nature and the Family of Blood. 
And Cornell's promising it will be very bloody. Oh. Bloody. Why, bloody. why would he promise that in a sort of Yorkshire accent mm, yeah. when, when the rest was in pure home counties? Bloody <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, considering I'm a cockney. <laughs> yes, but your reading is in your slow, audible voice. Considering the amount of problems she had for the last one. I know, one. these big words. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> She's having another crisis. I love you, Jean. <laughs> I'm glad that off you. <laughs> I think you're wonderful. Following in the footsteps of being and human. your hair looks nice too. The pilot. This, this podcast is getting a bit sapphic. <laughs> it's got my Follow- fault, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let her finish her sentence. <laughs> Let me start the panel. <laughs> Can I Shut finish up. this <laughs> Following in the footsteps of being human, the pilot for which was shown as a series of pilots on BBC Three before it's commissioned as a series, Pulse is one of a trio of new shows to be trailed on the digital channel this June. We all get a little scared, but sorry, I've got a spokesperson here. <laughs> we all get a little bit scared by hospital. Says Cornell. <laughs> 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 well, that's one person never listening again. That's brilliant. <laughs> Says Cornell. Hang on, he can't be Cornell. His hands aren't moving. <laughs> Says Cornell in an exclusive new feature in SFX196. This show says, that's right, be afraid. Most medical dramas are bound by all sorts of rules and not wanting to freak the audience out, so we have an enormous playground in the areas. Where a conventional medical drama would never go. He also reckons that it will emulate being human in another way. The producers pushed the gore to the limits. It was always more blood. He admits. We're all talking a bit about how messy we got that cast. What? <laughs> <laughs> International Tau Day! Woohoo! Yay. Tau Day is celebrated every 25th of May as a tribute by fans of the late great author... Douglas Adams. It doesn't say great in here, you're editing. <laughs> I'm ad-libbing, that's the word I'm okay. looking On this day, fans carry a towel with them to demonstrate their appreciation for the books and for the author. The commemoration was first held in 2001, two weeks after Adams's death on May the 11th, 2001. The towel is, of course, a reference to Adams's popular science fiction comedy series, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You must always know where your towel is. So carry a towel with you everywhere on Tuesday, the 25th of May, 2010. No. Oh, please. Got to, you've got to. I will. Mm, I know where my towel is. Well, they think I'm a geek anyway at work, so why the hell not? (laughs) It'll make the work experience kid laugh. Exactly. (laughs) I think I've got a meeting on the 25th of May. Can I take take your towel into the council meeting? My brand new councillor's going with my towel. (laughs) (laughs) Any more news? Any dum 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 dums? A dum dums. Nope. Okay. Thus endeth the news. And now for something completely different. And now, without further news. ado, it's on to Doctor Who. <laughs> the Doctor, having just been snogged by Amy. Yes. <laughs> Before I forget. Oh, yeah. Yes. Did anyone else? 
that point where the doctor's looking in the mirror, admiring himself, turns around, uh-oh, lots of vampires, turns back, gets mm. excited <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. Was anybody else thinking of that scene from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where oh. all the the half-naked women were chanting, a spanking, a spanking, there's going to be a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> the Grail light. Yeah, because they hat. all spoke... <laughs> exactly the same time they were all wearing the same clothes they just stopped short of oh. the actual spanking <laughs> speaking, speaking of Monty Python um, speaking of spanking <laughs> I heard thank you I heard this clip for the new Robin Hood film on the, on the radio today mm. and um, I mean okay you can imagine the scene Bishop and all his retinue on horseback riding through Sherwood Forest and you can imagine Russell Crowe's um, as Robin Hood leaning up against a tree sort of piece of grass sticking out of He's sort of sticking out of his mouth. And uh, you can hear this bishop or one of his Russian who's saying, Out of the way for the bishop! And you hear Russell Crowe saying, What is the riddle? <laughs> so you can imagine, <laughs> what is the average speed of a, <laughs> of a swallow? <laughs> I don't know. Laid nor unladen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's ruin that film and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to it. If you've seen the trailer, you have seen the no, film. No, I was looking forward to that film and you've just killed it for me. Um, um, <laughs> Vampire in Venice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's his fault. My that's fault? Your fault. Do you know what we haven't done, though? What? We haven't said hello to the head of Halloween. <gasps> oh, oh, no. He's looking particularly vampiric. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yes, he's got a high collar and he's baring his teeth. He certainly has. Mm. After three, one, two, three. Hello, 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 And let's not forget Cardboard Amy. Hello, Cardboard Amy. She's still wearing that scarf. Yes. It looks better than the Sherlock Holmes hat. I can put the fez back on. No, please don't. Oh, no. No, no, no. You could put the brown coat on it and it would collapse. Right, Vampires in Venice, I thought was... Absolutely wonderful filler material. A romp. I yeah. really enjoyed it as a story. Mm. Didn't do a lot to move Didn't do a lot much or along. Or go, go anywhere. Apart but... from Chuck Rory in the TARDIS, which <laughs> I'm not sure I think much of. Mind but you, it was really good. It did point to things that would happen in the future, like um, uh, Madame Goldfish or whatever her name was. Yes. Yeah, Madame so, Goldfish. Yeah. Rosanna, wasn't it? Rosanna. Oh. They're escaping from, from the, the silence. silence. Yes. 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 Yeah. So listening to what she said, you had the, the cracks appearing. Yeah. and There mm. were more than one. She said yeah. some were small, but well, some, some were yeah. huge. So they stepped through the cracks and ended up on Earth. Because yeah. she was saying through some you could see other worlds and through some there was could, nothing there was but just the silence. silence. And they mm. stepped through the crack to mm. escape the silence. Yeah. So is this something that's going to be explored further? Are, are we going to have people disappearing through cracks all over the place? Maybe. Well, there's maybe. certainly points to that. Yeah. Well, you did in the last episode with the soldiers that went off. You don't know where they went. Yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. They, they got erased from time. This well, is the mm. first episode so far, however, that has mentioned the crack but not shown the, the crack. crack. Hmm. No, I was looking no. for it and it didn't yeah. appear anywhere. Somebody said that you might be able to just about make it out in the sky as the clouds are clearing. I think they're seeing mm. things personally. I'd have to go back there. Yeah. They're looking for things that aren't really there. So. I mean, let's face yeah. it, so far the crack has not been subtle. No, no it's, it's, it's kind of like, look, there's the crack! Yeah. It's going, <laughs> <laughs> over here! Uh, can't miss I mean, crack. 
<laughs> the opening scene, the doctor jumping out the um, Christmas that, that's yes, amused that, me. Yeah, that was very funny, though. Wasn't <laughs> what, it? what I did like was the little message of there's a, a young lady outside Side. in a bikini. She suffers mm. from diabetes. <laughs> Can someone get her a jumper? Yeah. It's got a fantastic way. It's very Rowan Atkinson the way he pronounces some of his words. He just pronounces them wrong. Like jumper, you or I would say, Can someone get her a jumper? And he. Yeah. He emphasised the, the wrong parts yeah. of the words. Yeah, maybe. I've also noticed that about his body language. It's as if he's trying to be everywhere at the same time. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's very Patrick Troughton-esque, but younger mm. and with longer legs. <laughs> <laughs> Clumsier. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see the psychic paper maker return. Yes. yes. Well. And the library card. The library oh, card. I love the touch of the library yeah. card with Bill Hart. Oh, that's it. Yeah, in. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. poor old Rory ending up as yeah. a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's found his Mickey the Idiot. Yeah. Yes. And I like more of his um, sword fight. Oh, sword and boom fight. Hit him. Hit him with I have to admit, I don't know if it's the fact I'm older or the fact that I know about physics, but when that dynamite went up, the door shouldn't have just come off. How bloody wall should have come off? <laughs> ah, they down. were built better in those days. <laughs> yeah. There was less gunpowder in blooming Guy Fawkes. Well, you, 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 so you don't know how much gunpowder was in the barrels. Perhaps it was just a small smidgen. Yeah. Yeah, the barrels were mostly empty. Yeah. More than the, the door should have come off. <laughs> I tell you, though, as a species, they deserved to be wiped out, the fish people. What a bunch of mummies, boys. <laughs> oh, I mean, great, Francesco yeah. was the biggest mummies boy going. Talk but tied to his apron, uh, his, oh, her apron God, strings. Definitely. And for them to all have to wait for her to find them girlfriends. Mm. I mean, ew. <laughs> <laughs> it never was explained that she's got the, mm. the, the what's it, yeah. the machine that disguises mm, yeah. Yeah. The perception filter. But yeah. the whole thing about the blood transfusions being able to turn them yeah. into. Yeah. Okay, yeah. some of the girls die, but it was kind of just putting blood into someone doesn't make you turn, tra- into, turn into another species. Yes. It, it would have been nice to have augmented this with something like something in the food or something mm-hmm. like that. To... Yeah. I agree with you on principle, but it was alien blood. Who knows what alien yeah. well, blood could it, do? Yeah. Presumably it's just doing genetic conversion yeah. or yeah. something on them. And as for this perception filter, uh, yes. what a load of rubbish. <laughs> why? One, when it stopped working, why didn't she transform back to her normal self? Yeah, because when it'd been and, playing up on the stairs, she yeah. was turning into... Yeah. And yeah. two, if it's just a perception filter, why was she taking clothes off? They're just... Yeah. Yeah. They're just I can yeah. I can see from from the from the way it flicked backwards and forwards. I can't see understand why a character would take off non-existent clothes. Yeah. I can understand why the actress had yes, to take off clothes because she was about to jump in the water. <laughs> mm, yeah. The weight of the lot would have dragged yeah. her down. But there yes. was no reason for the character to do that. No, maybe she was taking off bits of. Shell? Her arm. Shell or something. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Scales. But if it stopped working, she should have turned back into Fishbird. Yeah. yeah. And presumably all fish of them bird. had a perception filter on. Yeah. We didn't see any of the other ones actually have a device. No. no. I mean, the I, girls. I the Where did they hide it? Under <laughs> 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 those yeah, white plunging dresses. Mm. Of the blokes, though, only Francesco was an alien. The yes. rest were yeah. all just Greek yeah. priests. Yeah. Yeah. As you saw when they That's were escaping yeah, the, and he's the, dragging the gold the behind him. dragging all the gold out with him. Yeah. I thought, besides the um, aliens, yeah. I thought the CG was a little bit ropey when I saw it first time. The, the skylines. When yeah, he was climbing I thought the, the aliens were cloud rubbish. Mm, no, I like the look of the aliens, mm, so but, did I. but you know it's alien. You definitely know it's a CGI. Yeah. The, the skyline was meant to be real. 
and mm. okay. that to me that one did look a little bit ropey it looked okay to me it didn't it notice it reminded me slightly of the um, Victory of the Daleks with the skyline oh the London skyline the London yeah. skyline which looked like a silk screen painting kind of stuff it looked okay I, to me I didn't get that with Victory but I did get that when yeah. I saw this for the first time, I do. Mm. I do, I'd like to know if the budget has been cut because I oh, really has. do have a feeling that the budget for this season has been cut from previous years because there's just little things where it, the stories don't look quite as visually rounded as mm. they have done previously, and I don't think that's anything to do with the actors, the directors, or the producers. I think it's to do with how much they've got yeah. to spend on these things. Also, we're probably a little unfortunate that we've been treated to the specials, which had a bigger budget, I yeah. presume, mm, yeah. and we're gone back to a 13 episode talking about, I did, I, talking about the climbing the, uh, the tower I did like the way to resolve this one <laughs> yeah. the machinery and everything how do you suddenly flick a switch yeah but going back to that was his name Francesco yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean talk about an absolute n- <laughs> numpty he really was I mean it's like when he walked past Rory the first time he just bared his fangs but <laughs> threw his cloak over his head and just carried on walking yeah. I, I have to admit when I saw Francesco I did think maybe it shouldn't be a wild that she's trying to find for him. Yeah. <laughs> a, a nice young man. <laughs> but the, the Hammer, I mean, you watch it in the documentary afterwards, but for those of you, those who have ever seen Hammer movies, oh, yeah. the yeah. Hammer aspect, especially the sort of like the Brides of Frankenstein yeah. and the Brides of Dracula, the nightgowns were Hammer, yeah. the whole headscarf, the mm. walking as a group, the yeah. speaking and singing as a group. That was so Hammer House. Yeah. You oh, know, Vincent just, Price would have been at home. Oh, it's it was just so campy, really. It was, yeah. a, it was, I'm not sure if it was purposely written, because it was written by the same guy who writes Being Human. Yeah. But it was certainly... Oh, Toby get, Whithouse, yeah. You, you yeah. get the idea that it was a homage to the Hammer mm. film. Oh, oh, yes. Clearly, yeah. clearly was, yeah. I think Matt Smith's performance has come on in leaps and bounds. Um, mm. The scene where um, there was suddenly noise upstairs and he said, <laughs> are the people upstairs noisy? <laughs> it was just so... There's no one moving upstairs. I think he, he's found his character. And mm. I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, she's yep. still a very emotional doctor, though. Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm. I like the way he, he explodes at people. Yeah. 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 Though, unfortunately, in this one, there's a lot of death, yeah. but no emotional consequence. No. I mean, mm. the daughter dies. You don't see the father finding out. He doesn't even seem to know if I was... Uh, no, he no, obviously I did think... know because he killed himself, but didn't get any indication yeah. in you. I don't I'm know, because he's I, at the bottom of those stairs. And when he sees her go back, yeah. he turns around. And you, are you, his body language did look strong. He did didn't he? Yeah. When he was sitting at the table, the scene really? afterwards mm. when they're discussing their next. Because that was such a humorous scene with the stuff upstairs and covering the mouths. He didn't really get that feeling, unlike with Father Octavian yeah. when he died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a real mm. emotional impact there. Yeah. And you can even see tears in, in Doctor's eyes. Yeah. But there was none of that stuff. And the same when he died. The doctor yeah. and the other two, there's no reaction to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. No, Very disassociated. I mean, the, the angriest he got was to declare that he was going to stop them because they didn't know her name. Mm. Mm. That annoys me. What does this mean? He wouldn't have stopped them if she had known <laughs> yeah. what Isabella's name was. It strikes me as very pompous. Yeah. But no, but you're right. There, wasn't, there, there was a complete the, lack of that's, emotional that's the response. One th- that's mm. the one thing with this Doctor, I think, is I get the feeling the character is very pompous. Mm. He's very contradictory mm. because what, what he will fight for one minute isn't what he will fight for the next minute. But he is also very pompous. He's got a very self-sense of, you know, I am the doctor of pomposity. <laughs> well, that, that was a complaint mostly for early tenant who is too smug. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't find that no. too bad with no, it Smith's Dog. No, not as bad no, as no, Ted with, with Rose. That's the thing, it was the two of them together that headed off down <laughs> Smug Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the way he still treats Amy as if she's one of his buddies at grammar <laughs> school, you know. Still calls her Pond. Pond. Still, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. <laughs> but Rory, what about Rory? Oh, I love Rory. He's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice but dim. Completely yeah. yeah, out of his depth, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. totally. He has shares many similar traits to Mickey the beginning early Mickey maybe not as, not as clumsy not, yeah, I was going to say he's not as dense as no, Mickey no well, but, he's, the, he's the perfect foil to what um, Amy and the Doctor are doing yeah mm. well, that, but that, I love the way he since they've been gone he's been reading up <laughs> he's been getting well, some knowledge yeah, oh, right, yeah, the first time he's... someone stands inside the Doctor yeah it's transdimensional yeah. and didn't mm. he get cross that was very <laughs> threatening when he walked towards him I says like... I like it when people yeah. say it's bigger on the inside it's my favorite bit <laughs> yeah twice she's been denied that yeah. yeah with amy and then with uh, rory yeah i wasn't quite convinced by the whole idea of them pretending to be vampires either i mean what's what was the point of that that's to get amy into trouble <laughs> and it worked worked well well so she looked good in that white uh, vampire dress, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> well they had to, she had to get inside so she could go and open up the um no no i mean why mm. were the aliens pretending to be vampires oh why weren't well, they just I, I don't... They, could, so they could still drain the moisture from yeah, people's bodies i don't think they necessarily were pretending to be vampires think it was just, just the source of the it, it was it could have been just the source or it could have been the fact that the legend of the vampire is similar to what they were yeah like, not, like yeah, you said how bad must they be if they don't mind you thinking they're vampires so mm. I, don't, yeah, I don't think they were out trying to be maybe, maybe right. it, it wasn't so much they went to the propagate yeah. the idea they were vampires it's more that people thought they were vampires yeah. They didn't do anything to, to dissuade them yeah. from yeah. that idea. Well, none of the populace seemed to know that they were vampires. No, they seemed to no. think it was a fantastic school yeah. to go mm. to. Yeah. It made the whole disguise of being vampires a bit pointless. Yeah. Maybe they weren't. The yeah, I, 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 I don't think they were out and out saying we are vampires. Yeah, maybe. They were just... Also, you had problems with, particularly the, the girls, their sensitivity to light changed quite dramatically as yeah. the clocks mm. required. Yes. As, they, yeah. as they were going to murder Isabella, suddenly there was just the odd, ooh, it's a bit bright. Yeah. Whereas well, before, she shade. was virtually dying. Yeah. 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 yeah, and uh, when Amy shone that hand mirror on, um, on Francesco... And he, he exploded. He exploded, didn't he? Well, that was yeah. very concentrated light. Yes. So. It was like an ant, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like the return of the dimensionally transcendental pockets... Yeah, the, oh, the light, the, uh, the, light <laughs> the inside was <laughs> bigger than mine. Yeah, yeah. 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 let's not go there. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, and, so uh, out of ten, um, not as good as the last one. I'll probably put it an eight or a seven. I'd say seven. Yeah, I'd say seven. Yeah, maybe six. It's a good yeah. line. Yeah, but I, the story. I, I had too much deja vu with the um the previous rerun of this with the Elizabethan area, so I'd say six. <laughs> <laughs> You kissed her back? Yeah. No, I didn't. I kissed her mouth. <laughs> God. <laughs> I did, however, like the look of the next episode. Oh, yes. I think I agree with El Presidente. Mm. I think they showed far too much they in that trailer. Did, mm. yeah. It's going to be one of those episodes where, you know, it's right, oh, like, let's kill them as many times as we want because it's all going to be all right in the end. Yeah, I wish I didn't know that it, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Snap. It appears to wish be. I hadn't seen that trailer. Yeah. Oh, well. More next time. Yeah. Right, what's next? Ashes! Two. Ashes. My name is Alex Drake. I was shot and found myself in 1983. Is it real or in my mind? 
Either way, I have to solve the mystery of what all this means and fight to get home. Because time is running out. <laughs> ashes to ashes. We're nearly at the end. Yeah. The penultimate before the, the two-parter. It is a penultimate uh, story. Mm. Mm. The prison break one, or prison riot one, mm, I Prison say. riot, yes. I, I, I background noise going on. Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I obviously didn't know anything to the plot of this. No. And when the um, black police officer, who's Viv, name, Viv, Viv. Mm. was trying to tell Jean something yeah. about the prisoner in the... I'm sitting there going... It's Sam. They've got Sam in the prison, haven't they? It's the wing with mm. Sam's in it. <laughs> it wasn't. It but, wasn't, but yeah. You know, you can't. More of... Sam Tyler stuff again. Yep. Uh, well, Sam Tyler was in this one. Yeah. Or in a manner of speaking. Possibly not. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But yeah, there's a riot happening at the prison. Uh, Viv comes in, about to go in, unusually desk sergeant, go into a prison to help uh, quell the, the riot. And he's trying to tell Gene Hunt something. But mm. Keats comes in and prevents him oh, that's right, from yeah. telling Gene that yeah, he keeps secret. changing the subject. Mm. Yeah. And then Gene gets very focused on getting into the prison yeah, and, and doesn't want to know. Mm. <laughs> and you have a really great scene with all these uh, police with riot shields, bricks being bounced off the riot shields and everything, and Gene Hunt in front of him is walking through, nothing oh. hitting him at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wades in. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, it, I don't know. It obviously makes the kind of mythic Gene Hunt yeah. thing, doesn't it? Oh, mind you, I mean, I found, I found Keats very menacing in this episode. It's oh, where he picks yeah. up uh, Viv's football and he's just walking around sort of whistling this really eerie version of I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. Mm. And no matter how much um, they sort of like he's saying to him, that's Viv's football, he mm-hmm. just wants to play with it. And mm. that's almost, yeah. almost like he's being very disrespectful mm-hmm. to the person. Almost like he wants, the... wants to possess it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. And yeah. yeah, and what was that scene right at the end where you see him leaning over Viv, taking his gloves off, and sort of, for say, his placating him, going, shh. But he's holding, he's holding Viv's mm. head as he dies, and Viv's shaking, yeah. and you can really Viv see dies. him. Fuck, Viv dies. Yep. Mm. Viv's shot at the Viv's end. Shot, yeah. And he's dying, and Keats gets to him first, and instead of, and he's actually dying, and, and Keats is just leaning over him, and then kneels down beside him, puts his hands either side of his head, and Viv starts really shaking, and there's a look of fear Absolute in his terror. head. Yeah. And he's really pulling back, and Gene comes up, at which point he says, I found him like this, but doesn't want to take his hands off of Viv's head. Mm, and Gene yeah. physically removes his hands from mm. Viv's head. And then you've got the four of them praying. The, the last scene is Keats wandering off, and you've got the four of them literally almost praying over Viv's body. Mm. Just the scene, is it? They're all yeah. heads mm. down as Keats walks away. Mm. Another ste- soul-stealing yeah. session, but yeah. he doesn't get to <laughs> steal the soul. Well, we don't know. It looks like maybe... Gene got there in time, but we're not sure. Mm. What did Viv see? What scared him so much? Did yeah. he see mm, the it. real Jim, Jim Keats, Keats. Yeah. in his dying moments? Ooh. I don't know. Flaming eyes, pointy <laughs> teeth. Maybe. Oh, is Keats God and Gene's the devil? Who Maybe. knows? But again, it's the second time somebody has died in Keats's yeah, arms. Mm. And second time they've died a traitor to mm-hmm. the force. Mm. So they've they sinned against the yeah. police force or whatever. So they you know been taken down to hell <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah, 
intriguing. It the, is. This was this was also quite a nice one because after the riot happens, the police fall pull out and <laughs> Viv is being held hostage. So they then decide to send Ray and Chris in undercover <laughs> <laughs> as yeah. undercover newspaper people. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because they'd be let in during the oh, riot. Yes. Oh yes. yeah, no, no, no. There's lots of press in there. They've actually yeah. requested the press to go in there, so there is lots of press going in. Um, and they get found out. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're going to get electrocuted. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because the guy who was holding them hostage was an electrician. When it, well, yeah. yeah. On the outside. Yeah. On the outside, yeah. And the special forces or whatever they are, the uh, the police marksmen or whoever are storming the place, will set off a tripwire or something mm, which will electrocute. It, yeah. And uh, the special Christian forces Ray. are being sent in by... You know Keats. who? Keats. Yeah. Keats, yeah. yeah. He's literally at the forefront of them as they're and, going in. And he's pushing like and pushing Gene it. Hunt. Yeah. And yeah. Gene Hunt's going, no, stop. And he isn't stopping. No. But the subplot behind it, the interesting character. Yeah, Thordy. Now, I don't mm. know if this is some kind of anagram. I don't. I doubt it. <laughs> Thord- Thordy is a... a How are we spelling Thordy? T-H-O-R-D-Y. I'm not sure no. what his first name is. Thordy is a past criminal who is a person of interest. And as soon as his name comes up, Chris... Gene and Ray go off and have a meeting on their own about him and um, old Bolly is not too happy and tries to get involved. Gene beats seven bells out of him (laughs) and he tells her he is Sam Tyler. Now it's quite interesting, the actor they chose looks quite a lot like Kind of a bit, yeah, Jeans. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the eye colour is different. Yeah. The kind of the kind of build and the, the, the hair build and, and even the way he stuff. talks. The way he talks. In fact, he quotes the opening credits of Life on Mars. <laughs> My name is Sam Tyler. I was in an accident. I woke up in He quotes all that in a cell. Yeah, please She doesn't know whether or not he's Sam. He's going well. This isn't a reality. I can come back under any face. But you also get the impression that if this is Sam, he's fallen out with Gene Hunt. Yeah. And the rest of the crew. Yeah. Paul. Paul Thordy, so there's no S in that for Sam. (laughs) She's over there, she's anagramming away. (laughs) But he he is the one that holds the key to how they're going to be executed at the end. Yeah. About the whole Mm. electrical map. Because he knows the guy who's holding. Yeah, because they've really shared, yeah, shared a cell with him. Yeah. yeah. And he's rearrested as well. So he doesn't get away. He doesn't get away. He doesn't die. Mm. What? Fordy. What? It could stand for Tyler here or really died yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as snappy as Vast Toffee MN. Not really. No, no. no, no. <laughs> but yes, Paul Fordy hasn't died and he is arrested and he's in the police station at the moment mm, in the cells. It. Nice and handily mm. positioned close. and close for the yeah. last two-parter. Yeah. Yeah, but there again, um, I mean, how did he get a plastic bag over his head? Oh, well, you know, Gene was accidentally in the room assisting mm, him. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. I'm not sure Gene Hunt did do that. I don't think he... Mm, um, no. Gene, Gene would it beat the blazes out of him. He wouldn't put a plastic bag over his head. And he did, he head. really beat this guy yeah. to a pulp, Yeah, not, well, knocked one of his teeth out. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's something there. Yeah. But again, no no stars, no life on Mars music, no one falling out the fold and coming back. No, but, no, but we do find out what six six twenty is. Oh well, yes. Well, maybe. is it? Oh, do we? 
Yes, you know the police officer has half his face blown off. Yes. Mm-hmm. He at the end of the episode, Drake is sitting in the police station on her own and he appears and she says, What do you want? And he looks towards Jean Hunt's office. So she goes in and accidentally manages to open up Jean Hunt's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And inside is a tin. The same oh, tin right, yeah. That the apparent Sam Tyler Thaldy gave her with the map to the electrics in, only this time has a picture of the police officer Mm. and a roll of undeveloped film. And on the police officer's band is the number... 6620. Yes. 6620, M for Manchester. Mm. That's his police Mm. number. Or is it... I still think we got it last time. I still think we got it last time. I think you're probably right. It's probably that number on his shoulder is referring to something. Biblical connotations. There is is a bit more of that kind of um, biblical overlay on this one. Oh, yeah. There is much, much more, again, Keats's. Is the villain, yeah. is the bad mm. guy, is the one that's driving on the nasty character. Um, but you also get the feeling that Gene's l- losing control a bit on this one. Oh, definitely. Oh, good grief, yeah. 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 It's yeah. his decision to, to go in all guns blazes. Yeah. It's his fault that Viv is, is captured, Winter. effectively. So yeah. again, he's put in a position where it's his fault that yeah. Viv died. But of course, Keats doesn't remind him of that at all. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Out of the opportunity, he doesn't keep saying, he feels guilty because it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, we see... An odd scene of Keats in the control room of the prison, yeah. playing a game of cards with somebody across a desk who isn't there. Oh yes, I, I have to admit because as soon as I saw that, there is the old the old song about the devil and God playing cards yeah. with the souls of the dead. Mm. And I just sat there and it was just reminding me of sort of like yeah. the ghost trains and the devil playing yeah. cards for the souls of the dead. Absolutely no points for that scene at all. None at all. Yeah, but every point. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chaz does ask Ray about seeing stars. Yeah. So let's oh, yes. put it together mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. And Thordy has a rather interesting quote. He says he saw the walls fracturing and floating away. <laughs> mm. ah. And what was our, yeah. our quote? Yeah. About the walls of Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, this is the penultimate episode. There are now yeah. two episodes to go. And apparently that's a two-parter. This is the end. Yeah. You kind of sit there going, where this we are a- now? And ha- yeah. what's going to happen in the next <laughs> <Yeah>. two weeks? <laughs> yep. Very, very good stuff. It will be a shame that it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very much so. hope we're not disappointed one, by the finale. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just hope the ending, ending lives up it's to... Worth uh... it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, once again, you have all been writing to us. You lovely people. And we one have one here from Benjamin Elliott. He says, Greetings, Staggering Stories Gang and the Weeping Angel Pertwee. Yes, I said Weeping Angel Pertwee. I was listening to Podcast 59 and you revealed that the head of Pertwee knew when the webcam took photos every (laughs) every 30 seconds. Uh Doing all his stuff in the other 29 seconds. So, Uh the head of Pertwee is immobilised when he is being observed. Uh It's impossibly fast when nobody is paying attention to him. Run. Run as fast as you can, guys. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not let your Pertwee drink Red Bull. It gives you wings. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That answers yeah. so much. Mm. Enjoyed Flesh and Stone a great deal. I am a firm fan, fan of Octavian. While I have no desire to have my life cut short by stone figures who have never heard of a dentist, <laughs> I hope that I would have the same presence of mind and stability of faith if, faith, if facing imminent death. Mm. Mm. I just hope I won't be screaming. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
There are a lot of good performances in this episode, which I'm sure other feedbacks have already described in detail. Mm. Interesting that after everything, the Doctor still can't trust Amy enough to help to tell her when the crack began could just be a narrative trope, because if Amy understood the situation, she would stay on message, and they could solve the series arc immediately. The mm. stories this season seem to be caught in a Faustian pact. The arc is adding an extra oomph to the episodes, but the oomph is taken away from the quality of the individual episodes themselves. Mm. And I don't want to see Doctor Who become a 13-week plot. Torch would push the limits with Children of Earth going five episodes. Mm. Yeah, I agree with him on that. Flesh and Stone would have been stronger without ending in Amy's bedroom. <laughs> the Vampires of Venice would have worked better without starting out at Rory's stag do. I'm not denigrating these two bits. These were very, very clever, funny sequences. They just did not belong in the respective episodes. They should have been together in their own episode, except that there isn't enough story for those sequences to get their own episode, and I don't want to lose those bits because of the arc. I guess I'll have to accept that the show is a hot, exciting, gooey mess similar to your brownies. (laughs) (laughs) But I miss having the episodes work well as episodes do. The fish people in The Vampires of Venice do seem very much like the Krillotane on a reduced budget. (laughs) Plane tickets to Croatia can't be cheap. Mm. (laughs) Less is more here. The Fangs' narrative shorthand worked very well. The idea that an alien would disguise itself as a mythological human monster to avoid scaring the humans too much puts a really big grin on my face. (laughs) Now, I want to see a monster disguise itself as a Dalek in 1960s London to avoid detection. (laughs) In the middle of Dalek mania, it could work. Apart from the city being too clean, it looked and felt like Venice. Two neat stories. Welcome aboard the TARDIS, Rory. Wish the story arc could be tinker to let the indiv- individual episode shine too. Cheers, Benjamin Elliot. Thanks, Thank you. Benjamin. Thank you. Benji. We were talking about that earlier, weren't yeah, we? we were story yeah. Hot gooey crack, did he say something? <laughs> <laughs> right, we have one here from Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Dear team and the ped of... Hurt we. Okay. <laughs> See what he's done there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, this email comes to you in three and a half parts, which, judging by the length of recent podcasts, should take up about half the show. <laughs> part one, angels. Part two, vampires. Part three, ashes. Part four, a suggestion. Okay. Part one, the first. Time of the Angels and Flesh and Stone are the two-parter. I really enjoyed these two episodes and will probably call them the top two of the series so far. When I heard about the return of the angels, I was half expecting them to be ruined. Thankfully, by introducing new new rules, that which holds an image of the angel, etc., they should be kept fresh and exciting. And the moment in part one where, spoiler music, spoiler music, the Doctor realises they're all angels, brilliant work. The cliffhanger was unusual, but did get the job of keeping the suspense. Sadly, Graham Norton did not. (laughs) The resolution was sort of believable. I really, 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 really liked the shot of them on the ship, which Zero zoomed out and turned upside down. That was amazing. Acting was great as ever. And the ending, which I suspect at least one of you complained about at a guess, I'd say Jean. (laughs) (laughs) But that's because she complains about everything. (laughs) Was very funny. Vampires next week are looking interesting. Overall, I'd give these episodes a 9.510. Question. Do you want them back? The angels, do you want oh. them back? Oh. Oh. Not for a long no. break. Yeah, yeah give, it, give it a season yeah. or so. Yeah. Season five. <laughs> part, the, uh, part the first and half, Vampires in Venice. 
unless El Presidente has changed his opinions from his first impression, which he posted on Twitter, I agree with everything he said. That is all. Oh, and Rory is really useless. (laughs) Part the second, Ashes to Ashes. I hadn't seen any episodes of the show previously or Life on Mars, but I thought I'd check the series out and I love it. It's just hugely brilliant. I really enjoy trying to fit things together, except I only just found out whilst watching episode 6620, sorry, Mm. I meant 6, that Alex had a daughter. (laughs) I'm loving that weird soldier and the half half his face meaning. Who's he? Who? Well, he's Gene sort of, but... He's Gene from the future, the past. How can a photo from the past look like him? If Gene doesn't actually have a face, does the last sentence actually make sense? So many (laughs) questions! That's a possibility. The police officer could be Gene Hunt. Some people have said it looks a bit like a young Philip Lannister. It's going to be great. Part the third. I have a suggestion for you. Well, it's more of a question. If you are holding an outer space dinner party, who would you like to invite? You can have... Three fictional characters, three real-life real people, and three friends. Mm. Mm. Three friends. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to think about it, so I wouldn't suggest you name them now. So okay. that's all for now. I would send you an escape pod disc and a plutonium party guest your way next time. Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Mm, thank you, Patrick. Oh, what a what, party guest? A plutonium party guests your way. I don't always complain. I mean, the fact that this new TARDIS looks absolutely crap, and the way you Jean, always Jean, complain. Jean, uh, shiny uh, thing, shiny thing, look, oh, woo, oh, shiny oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> well, that'll keep her occupied for about ten minutes. Talking about ashes to ashes and photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else think the photo of Sam Tyler looked like a photo from 2006? Which photo, Sam Tyler? The one on the front of the file. It looked like Sam Tyler from the, mm. the present, not Sam, Sam Tyler, Tyler from, from, the, the fu- from the past. From the past. Mm. Can't say as I noticed it. That I might well. have to go back and look. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It may be nothing. But. See, not all of us have high-definition TV to watch it on. Well, I have a high-definition TV. I'm just not getting high-definition signal. Ah. We have one from Chris again. Hello, Chris. Chris. Hello, Chris. Something I forgot to mention last time. I'm so pleased you're going to com- you're doing commentaries. Please continue. I will listen to them all. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be going down quite yeah, well. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to listen to one of them. <laughs> 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 the Vampires of Venice. I think I have to start this time with Rory Stag Party. <laughs> a very funny reappearance by the Doctor and some very funny embarrassment from the Doctor yeah. also. Yeah. I'd like to talk a bit more about Rory and the whole two companions situation, if I may. Since the mm. sh- show came back in 2005, there has tended to be the Doctor with one companion. Only very rarely did we get another companion travelling with the Doctor, and in any case, the second one was only around for a short amount of time. This made me worried that this new series could deal with a third regular character. However, now we have Rory, and I'm kind of hoping he sticks around for a bit longer. Stephen oh, Moffat well. has always <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Moffat has always seemed to favour the TARDIS crew of three, so I hope he can make this new team complement each other. Pulling myself back to the story in hand, two funny moments to mention. Firstly, Amy's reaction to being brought to a potential plague city and Rory being her eunuch. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> that came out of left field. Elsewhere, we're introduced to Rosanna and Francesco Calvieri. The scene where Rosanna is hydrating herself <laughs> was very creepy. 
it had that nice bit with the two of them lying against the stone well, which was played very strange and ethereal by both actors. Very Hammer House again yeah. there. Yeah. Mm. This was accompanied by a great shot of both of them from above by the director, Johnny Campbell. All in all, he's made a good first impression with the story. Also, can I say that a great pair of costumes those two have. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. The great scene- pair of costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've won, of course, it, believe me, it's all illusion. The scene where the Doctor first meets the creepy girls was great. Partially for seeing the first Doctor's library card and partially for the line, tell me the whole plan. One day that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Other funny moments were when Rory was stumbling through trying to persuade the Calvaries to take on Amy as a pupil. The Doctor's large ultraviolet light, (laughs) let's not go there either, (laughs) and Amy's mention of being from Ofsted. I did like that. (laughs) Apart from the one line, though, for me, the rest of the scene where Amy is tied to the chair was really quite frightening. I don't think Adam found it frightening. (laughs) (laughs) This story seemed to have a lot of really funny moments and a lot of really scary moments. The little speech Rory makes to the Doctor about him making others want to impress him was excellently played by Arthur Darville. I also like that this speech gave Rory a reason to be in the story and I hope this trend will continue in future stories. That did hark back, though, to previous times about, you know, you make people die. Yeah. The, mm. the accusations. Mm. Another thing this story had was a few sad moments, mostly consisting of the deaths of Guido, his daughter, and ultimately Rosanna herself. Very shocking. Speaking of which, that scene between Rosanna and the Doctor where they're talking about having children was very, very well acted. I'm sorry to say I hadn't seen Helen McCrory in anything until this, but she and Matt Smith make compelling adversaries. She's very seductive towards him, and again we see more of this Doctor's anger, but played with less force this time. The revelation about them basically being fish from space (laughs) with perception filters was odd, but in a very good way. I also like that these creatures only wanted to take over Venice, much smaller and manageable than the whole planet. (laughs) I'd like to mention the fight sequence between Francesco and Rory, in this, Alex Price gets to show off his fighting skills and Arthur Darville gets to show off his non-fighting skills. <laughs> finally, also, finally, I'll also be interested to see if the Doctor's experiment works and Amy and Rory do become closer. So now we have the TARDIS, Amy and the boys. Shh, can you hear that? Silence. I'd better go. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Just occurs to me... Mm. We should be calling them Grunhild or not, Nacker. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. And Engelbert Moundstrider III. Uh, Engelbert <laughs> Moundstrider III. I've forgotten what we called him. <laughs> I know we called her Amy, uh, Grunhilda, but I've forgotten yeah. Engelbert. What are, what are we doing? Okay, I do apologise. Grunhilda and Engelbert. Grunhilda <laughs> and Engelbert. So do we all have to say Grunhilda <laughs> Nobnacker and... Engelbert. Engelbert, Engelbert Moundstrider III. Moundstrider III. So you can go back and edit that over whenever <laughs> we say <laughs> Amy. <laughs> One here from Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Hello, Wynn. Hello, Wynn. <laughs> he says, Dear team, you've all done lubricatingly well. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. 
Bonus cupboard points to fake Keith and Gene for actually being there. The whole of the podcast. <laughs> then again, points deducted from fake Keith for gloating on Facebook about going to the Doc 2 proms. Because I can't go. Oh, no! Sorry. Got a wedding to go to in Uxbridge. Yeah. That's all right. We've got a prom to go to in the Albert Hall. <laughs> Get them to postpone. With Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. Get them to postpone. It's a good excuse. <laughs> Flesh and Stone was a very good conclusion of the first two parts of the vast Toffee MN era. Yep. Really very good. Some said it's the best story ever. Don't think I'd go that far. Yeah, no. It was hugely enjoyable, but there were some plot holes. Well, maybe they were deliberate. And a lot of it did feel like a vast Toffee MN greatest hits package. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Vampires in Venice is also very good. Overall, a nice black comedy. I've only seen it once so far, but I'll be watching it a few more times, to say the least. Seen Amy in, a, in an all-girl vampire school brought back many happy memories of 1970s Hammer Horror films. I thought there'd be a reason why mm, I'd be watching yeah. it again. Yeah. Usually starring Ralph Bates. Mm-hmm. I was therefore inspired to write some staggering stories fiction based on a similar plot. <laughs> oh, God. The Curse of the Sapphic Suckers <laughs> by Perv. <laughs> starring fake Keith and Jean oh, with very brief, God. messy, fatal appearances from real Keith, Adam and Crumbly. <laughs> fatal? Fatal. <laughs> <laughs> the story so far McFaddy and Smutomatic filter engaged oh, oh, warning <laughs> tolerance threshold approaching I don't know if we should read these bits out ourselves <laughs> fake Keith that was very impressive the way you blah 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 Adam you must be able to blah 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 watermelon through a garden hose with those ones <laughs> still it's the way he'd have, he'd have wanted to go Gene mmm tasted like chicken <laughs> Don't put yourself down, though. The way that you grab Keith and the blah, 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 walnut whip, blah, 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 <laughs> went around corners, blah, 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 brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> Fake Keith. Cheers. Do you like my new outfit? Jean. Hmm. Bit skimpy. <laughs> Fake Keith. Yours is nice. Where did you leave it? <laughs> Gene. Well, after dinner. <laughs> Fake Keith. You mean the rest of the Staggering Stories team? Gene. The rest of the Staggering Stories team, yes. Well, you suggested some light exercise. And I got so warm, so I suggested... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Underwire cutty in a way, anyway. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> morning, morning, nipple. Morning, critical beep. <laughs> what do you think? Is there a future for me in Hollywood? <laughs> Want to be with you. Win. Thanks, Win. <laughs> How win. come only you two got <laughs> I think we were supposed to say them. Yeah. Probably should. Oh, <laughs> He's going to have a funny turn mm. while you reading them all out. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for all your feedback. If you'd like to write to us, you can get in touch at show... At... Staggering... Stories... Dot... Net. And so, dear listeners, that once again brings us to the end of another podcast. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But never fear, there'll be more of the same in the next one. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews, more who old and new. So, until that... Fateful day comes to <laughs> down on us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Ba-da-na. Again. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 74, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of speaker, and don't necessarily represent those other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presented production by www.staggeringstories.net.
Don't touch that badger. Adam, Adam, no, no, put her down, put her... Oh, God, I can't look. Stop that, it's silly. I'll call the police. And I am still me, yes! No, 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 do it, do it longer again. And I... Okay, okay. And I am still... still... Sorry? Didn't leave a gap. Okay, do you want me to leave a gap? Yeah. Okay. Take three. (laughs) Beep. Uh... Don't pick your nose. I'm not picking my nose, oh. I'm thinking. It's probably his brain. Ooh, a green one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bursting out the metaphorical... F- oh, no, say that again. <laughs> Blue one. <laughs> Blue? Blue? I'll call the doctor. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do. <laughs> what do you mean... Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> <Straight> face. <clears throat> anyway, bursting out the metaphoric mouth. Bursting out of the metaphorical we all see him silently. We don't look at you. We don't laugh. Sensible. Still can't do it. Oh, I'll put oh, me bloody, I'll put my teeth in this time. What? Words don't come, come easy, easy to me. <laughs> Worms don't come easy. <laughs> right, everybody look away. I'm not looking. I'm looking at the head of Pertwee. I'm looking oh, at Oh, he's Elvis. looking at Adam, yes. <laughs> we haven't said hello to him oh, yet. No, we, we haven't, haven't done got that far yet. We haven't yet. got that far. Well, let's this say hello to him this now is, before we forget. This is an outtake. This is an Anyway, bursting out the metaphorical frog spawn and... Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say frog spawn. Frog spawn. Could we get the intro done tonight? Yeah, well, I'll try. Spawn of a Kermit. Oh, dear. Cornell is never going to speak to us again. He says a bit like Elvis meets Blue Bottle. Remember to put the ident in again. Cornell's ident at the end of this. It was supposed supposed to be Eccles. (laughs) And now, without further ado, it's on to Doctor Who. Who? That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. On BBC One, not BBC Two. No, because he was rude. He's not a very nice dude. <laughs> he made quite fun of me just because it was BBC Three. Woohoo! Hey? It doesn't rhyme. Me and three rhymes. Toss head. <laughs> look, look, she's been doing poetry as part of her coursework and she ain't poetry, so this better be good. Believe me, if I'd turned that in, I would have failed. Listen here, you tabloid hack. The stuff you wrote for the paper is cack. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, shall, we, shall we review the Vampires in Venice quick. all in mine? No. <laughs> I'm That's more than a... I can bear, but at least I've got hair. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is some kind of, like, Nordic drinking game. <laughs> it's a rhyme-off. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, who's going to set fire the next insult? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> My lack of hair I do bemoan, but at least I've got testosterone. <laughs> it leads to many trips and falls, because men cannot control their balls. <laughs> so why would I bitch and moan, because I have no testosterone? <laughs> Very good. I'm a good one. 
walk away now while he's still can. <laughs> You're feeling very silly because you have a willy. <laughs> <clears throat> this is going to turn physical in a minute, I can see. Anyway, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. <laughs> night, you've night. Got, you've now got to do two lead-outs, haven't you? Well, I've done one already. You've now got to do a lead-out, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's not been that long. It has been that long. <laughs> Two hours forty-five. What's the time? Quarter to eleven. My name's Paul Cornell, and you're listening to Staggering Stories. Hi there, Luke here from Tmudwup on behalf of DoctorWhoPodcastAlliance.org Just letting you know about a new event at Waterston's Lakeside in Thurrock This time it's Matthew Waterhouse, he of Adric fame And on the 4th of July between 12 and 2 He'll be signing copies of his new books A couple of novels and a memoir of his time on Doctor Who For more on that go to hurstbooks.com That's Hurst with an I also there will be some of the usual suspects from the Podcast Alliance, recording a podcast and doing an interview with Matthew. If you want to be part of that, 4th of July, 12 until 2, Waterstones, Lakeside Thurrock. Thank you.